Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 73, Interview on the Dobbs Decision with Matt Matias of Meme Lord Monday, Part 1. All right, all right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, one and all. This is Meme Lord Monday, and we have a repeat guest. You guys loved him so much the first time I had to bring him back. <laughs> and... uh same, same goes for me as well. I, I just had to bring Dr. John back. Uh, Dr. John, how are you doing? Fantastic. How are you, Matt? I'm feeling great. Um, appreciate you having me on again, man. Yeah. We, uh, I don't, I don't know if I ever shared how well your episode did on our podcast, but it did very well oh, good. Uh, as far as like the do- downloads go. And, and so I hope that trickled down to your podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, the Christian atheist podcast. Um, for the for the goofballs who are just not in the know of what's going on, <laughs> could you take could you take a moment or so to just introduce yourself uh, and just uh, as the kids say, flex for us a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, my name is uh, John Wise. Um, I lived for twenty five years as an atheist professor of philosophy, and um, due to a very long long trek. Uh, intellectual trek, I would say. Um, mm. I found myself um, after my first wife died, uh, very um, sort of swimming in an ocean and uh, not sure what to do. And uh, I'd made a friend while my wife was in the process of passing on um, at a church that uh, I was taking my daughter to. And um, that woman became very, very important to me as we moved forward. She was a very good friend. But um, eventually it became clear to me that uh, she was what I needed and wanted, but there was no way I could possibly, um, because I knew Christianity well. I I grew up in a Christian home. I had studied to become a pastor before I became an atheist, and um, I knew I couldn't drag her to the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But through a series of events, God changed my heart and my life. He had laid the groundwork for those 25 years as an atheist. Um, and I, I, I learned that, um, that God is as real as, uh, as we can believe. And at some point mm. you have to, to make the turn. And Jenny became sort of the incarnation of Christ for me that allowed me to step back and say, hey, um, it's time once again to turn your life back over to uh, the, the author of the universe. And so we ended up creating a podcast called The Christian Atheist. And um, we've been doing that now for two and a half years, Jennifer, <laughs> two and a half years. Um, we started on YouTube and now we have a podcast. It's doing fairly well. And uh, we have a companion podcast with that called um, Simple Gifts. And I sometimes get the question, what do you think I should read? Well, I think you should read and know and understand the classics of Western philosophy, Western culture, literature, art, music, all of it, because all of it points to God, all mm. of it. And wow. if you know it, you're not going to be thrown off your, off your game as quickly as you would if, if you're just sort of trying to stand on your Sunday school learning. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, as he mentioned, the Christian Atheist podcast, um, it's actually a podcast that I personally enjoy. Um, and uh, through a series of events, Dr. John, he lives in the same state that, uh, that I do. Uh, we came to know each other 
and um, I found out about his podcast and I just really love the guy. So I'm really glad you guys who are watching are here um, to talk and, and engage with us here on this incredible uh, topic that has kind of taken America by storm. It's, it's sieging. Is that, is that the proper term? It's <laughs> taking America. It's sieging America. Sieging, actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've been under siege for a long time, and this is kind of just reversing, reversing the siege, I think, for a bit, which is kind of mm. nice. Yeah. I mean, this is something. Um, yeah. And it's so funny. I'm already getting comments. There ain't no such thing as a Christian atheist. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you pay attention. I get. If you pay attention. An oxymoron. If you pay attention, you'd know exactly. It's besieging. Somebody's saying besieging. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, it's besieging America right now for sure. Yes. Okay. That's the word I was looking for then. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the topic that we're going to be talking about tonight is uh, basically the topic of Roe versus Wade um, and abortion and how we can view this through a Christian lens and a philosophical lens. And so I was um, inclined to, to reach out to Dr. Wise because of his history with uh philosophy and now you know with his his christian point of view and him digging i i was i've been listening to his podcast and he has meticulously gone through roe versus wade the actual documents and the actual um what's it called you have a hashtag called read the oh hashtag read the decision yes read the decision you have read it's the dobbs decision yep it's overturned versus wade Yes, and you've read it completely on oh, yeah. uh, several podcasts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's incredible. Um, so I guess let's start out. Why should we hashtag read the decision? The debates going on in the country all too often are not informed debates, uh, and this is an important, probably in our lifetime, other than Roe itself. It's probably the most watershed moment in our country's history in terms of judicial decisions, Supreme mm. Court decisions. Um, the, Roe versus Wade radically changed the fabric of our country, um, radically changed the, the role of the court in our country. And the Dobbs decision overturning Roe versus Wade and its companion, um, its companion decision, the Casey decision in uh, 1990, 1993, uh, overturning them has set us on a a new course. It reversed direction, and um, it is astounding. I was absolutely blown away when it happened. Still am to a certain degree. Never expected it to happen in my lifetime. So um, why why read the decision? Because if you don't read the decision, what is it that you're basing your opinion on? Um, if you don't understand what Justice Alito, his opinion says and what the court has actually done, then you're sort of flying off the cuff and you're not informed. And if you're a Christian, you better well get on board and understand what's going on and recognize mm. what happened. Because if you don't, you're coming across as an ignoramus and that helps no one. Yeah. So I guess there is like a, a, a lot at play here. There's, there's the political lens that we have to understand this as far as like what has happened what has taken place with yep. the overturning of Roe versus Wade and as Christians you know there's our convictions on on the sanctity of life right um but your 
you're kind of posturing your podcast and, and your research on what is, you know, what is exactly going, going down on a, on a political and a judicial, in a judicial sense. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, both certainly, certainly the question is a moral question, but the Supreme court, the Dobbs decision does not address the moral issue. It essentially says, wait a second, it's not our job. And this is central to um, understanding the role of the Supreme Court as one of the, uh, one of the three divisions of, uh, of power that make up the United States government, the executive, the, the president, um, the legislative that creates laws, and then mm. the judicial that, apply, that I shouldn't say applies the laws, but yeah, applies the laws in, in the sense of, of deciding at the level of the Supreme Court whether or not the laws passed by the legislature are constitutional, whether they mm. comport with the Constitution. And the question of, of Dobbs really is not about the moral question. It says, wait a second, Roe versus Wade took upon itself to answer the moral question, right? It said, wait, uh, abortion is not killing a baby. Um, and you can... You can kill a baby without any restrictions in the first three months of the, um, maybe I shouldn't even use the word baby. I, I'd be, be neutral, but for me, it's a baby. Um, mm -hmm. So if you think of it as merely a fetus, or as someone said on Facebook the other day, which made me ill, um, a, a mere sperm and an egg, um, why are we concerned about that? But <clears throat> if you can kill that, then there is no intrinsic value to it. Um, and so they answered the moral question. Um, whereas Dobbs says to the American people, we should never have answered this moral question. That's up to the legislatures to do. They're the ones that pass the laws. And so they said at the level of the federal government, we will not decide this question. It goes back to the state legislatures. They will decide the moral question. And then we will review the laws like we always do. Um, so it's important that we recognize that the Dobbs decision, whatever, <laughs> nobody on the other side is going to agree with this, but it's just the legal, the, leg the legality of it is very clear. If you read the decision, they said, we cannot answer this question. That's up to the states. Hmm. And that's what Dobbs does. It pushes it back to the states. So it's, it's like, and from my, like, just from me listening to your podcast, I feel like what's essentially happened and you helped me out here because you've read it all. <laughs> it seems like in America, we've been given something that we should not have been given. Yes. And, and now it's being taken away because we should not have had it to begin with. Right. And now people are upset that we don't have that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me, let me actually deal with the way in which you express that. Okay. Uh, it's not, it's not that we've been given something that isn't our, our right. The, the thing is, we have the right to argue about this and okay. then go to our state legislatures and try to get them to pass laws to as conservatives, as, as religious people, as Christians that, that value life and say, wait a second, we don't want abortion going on, certainly not at the level it's been going on, and mm -hmm. we would like some restrictions placed upon it. We would like to be able to do that with our legislature. What was taken away from us was taken away from us by Roe. Roe took that away from us. It said, no, we're deciding this at the level of the federal government. You do not have the right to um, 
put restrictions on abortion, um, except after the first trimester, you can put certain restrictions on, but very few. And you'll see how the, <laughs> they kept pushing it farther and farther and farther. Um, but in any case, uh, what was taken away from us was originally taken away by Roe. We should have the right as the states to, to go to our legislatures and try to influence them to save life, to save uh, unborn life, just as those on the other side have the right to try to influence their legislature, their, our legislators, um, to, to allow abortion. And both mm. sides are now on the table, and we're now back to an even sort of playing field that was taken away from us in 1973 by Roe. So, yeah, could you kind of flesh that out a bit? Because, I mean, that, that's where I'm kind of understanding it, where there, there were rights taken, uh, like, taken away in, in like, the form of giving us rights. Yeah. Is that right? Um, <laughs> yes, because what they essentially did in Roe is they decided that there was a constitutional right to abortion, which if they could find some place in the constitution where it actually says that, it would have been over. And there's nothing mm. more to say unless we could do an amendment to the constitution. But what they did was essentially created a new law out of whole cloth. Now, remember, we just said a few moments ago that there is a division in, in the government of the United States into three different parts. Let's deal for a moment with just two, the legislature and the judiciary. The legislature creates laws. There's the ones who, who, who decide the questions. And in the United States, because we're a federal system, there are 50 different legislatures that do that. And then if you push it far enough, um, after a law has been passed, you can go all the way to the federal Supreme Court that deals with all 50 states at once and says, does this comport with the Constitution or does it not? That's the central role of the, of the Supreme Court. Um, but it is in the states that we're supposed to be answering those fundamental questions. So California, guarantee you, is going to have abortion pretty much at demand whenever you want it. And they, they'll have to craft legislation or whatever. But that's what California will do. And there'll be other states that are very, very conservative and who knows? They may pass things that I would disagree with in terms mm. of, of disallowing abortion. Um, I don't know. Um, but I do know that things tend to work themselves out better when you don't have an, a, a, a nanny state, um, a, a federal government that decides all of those questions, those big questions that give us a right to abortion that is not anchored in the, uh, in the Constitution of the United States. So they, they, they gave us a right that didn't exist. Um, and, uh, and Dobbs, this decision took that right away. Okay. Mm. But it wasn't really a right in the constitution from the, from the get go, from the start. Yeah. It was a very badly decided decision. And it's not just conservative justice who said that Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that, um, and mm. she's about as far to the left in, in the Supreme court as anyone has ever been. Wow. Well, maybe that's not true for the last 10 years, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, she's definitely like a flagship, I mean, liberal, yep. I think. Yeah. So yeah, that's incredible. I think, um, yeah, I, I think what, so as I deal with social media and I'm, I'm online, um, I see the arguments and I see the back and forth and most of the time it just comes down to, you know, either you don't care about women 
or you don't care about babies. And that's kind of like what the arguments and all the, the internet rage is boiling down to as, as far as I've seen it for the past few weeks. Um, but what the, the direction and the perspective that you're tackling it is being completely missed. I believe. I think so. As far as what has been, what has transpired. So what are your thoughts as far as how we as Christians can kind of approach this complex issue? Like how can we bring more light to the, to the, the political aspect of this conversation? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I, I have done quite a bit of soul searching on this over the years. Mm. Um, and, I have family members who are pretty far to the left. Um, and I've always been relatively conservative myself, although as an atheist, I started sliding quite a bit in, on certain things towards the left. But when I came back to Christ, it was like, okay, I was right before. Um, <laughs> and that is, is ultimately where we must stand. And where I think we have failed as Christians in our country is that we have done what the U.S. Congress has done. The conservatives have continually just sort of back-seated, gone along with everything that was pushed as the agenda. And the water was kind of warm when we got into it, but they keep slowly turning up the heat and changing things. And this country is not the country I was born into back in 1966. It is a very different country. They have overthrown all of the traditional things that have made the Western world the Western world. And the vast, the, the, the superstructure of that is Christianity. Whether or not everybody agreed or believed doesn't matter. The superstructure of it was Christianity. Christianity brought mm. us science. It brought us all of the wonderful things that we talk about in modern life. And now, today, all of those things are being undermined by an ideology of the left. Listen, I'm not saying that all leftists are bad. That is wrong. That's the wrong perspective. In fact, there is a personality trait that defines the left called openness to experience. And they tend to be people who are very, very compassionate. Um, Mm. And we need those people in our lives. We've needed them throughout the history of humankind. We need them to watch out for things. And I actually said this in in the the latest... um, um, no compromise uh, in dealing with the dissent. Um, that is the justices who disagreed with the majority opinion in Dobbs here. So the leftist journal, I mean, the left, the leftist um, um, Supreme Court justices, um, uh, Justice Kagan is the one who authored the, um, the opinion. What was I saying? <laughs> I lost my, I lost my was, It's okay. Oh, yeah, that we need, uh, that's right. We need them to watch out. And I said this in, in the, in the no compromise mm-hmm. too, we need them to yeah. continue, even though we've now overturned Roe versus Wade, we need those compassionate types to remind those of us who tend to be too rigid on our traditions, on our laws, on um, the things that we believe, the boundaries that we like to keep in place to keep us safe. We need to, we need them to remind us and to be careful of those who are vulnerable. Um, to say that we hate women is the st- is one of the stupidest things that <laughs> anybody ever said. Because oh, women man. are in Christianity. Christianity has has done more to raise the status of women than any other thing else in the world. Um, not surprisingly, mm. because Christ values men and women equally. 
Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm not sure if so, I answered your question here. I start, like you said, going <laughs> off. It's okay. No, and, that, and that's funny. Like I was saying, this is probably why I should have had Jenny come on. <laughs> I know that she's she's in the background helping out. So thank you, Jenny. Um, but I'm gonna do I'm gonna do something that's like totally podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna explain to you a meme that I posted about this topic. <laughs> I'm gonna try and explain an image to you. So uh, I posted it just to kind of test the waters. Um, I actually did a partnered post with with a pro life organization called Live Action, and they like they they didn't sponsor it but they you know they partnered with us uh as far as helping people to see their page and raise awareness for just kind of pro-life um talking points and and things like that anyways the post i'm assuming you've seen lord of the rings oh yeah (laughs) huge (laughs) yes so do you know the scene where saruman is on top of the tower tower and he's speaking to the window and he's speaking and legolas is like there's a foul voice in the air (laughs) so i made the meme that i made was legolas saying uh on the internet there's this term called based when somebody's based that means they're saying something oh are you familiar with the term Uh believe it or not (laughs) that's awesome James, james Lindsay, one of my favorite new new discourses podcast um i i got that term from him and i learned what it meant yeah that's awesome. So I had I put I edited it to say, to have it say Legolas saying there's a based voice in the air, and then I put Saruman saying life begins at conception, <laughs> and that was the meme. Really and good. of course, of course, of course, people received it perfectly well. You know, of course, there was no no backlash in the comments whatsoever. No, it was it was a forest. You know, absolute dumpster fire um, in the comments, and. Like I said, what I'm seeing is um, people who are super compassionate, just lashing out in rage, anger, uh, um, you know, from that compassion because they feel as though something has been taken away from them that is going to. And and what they're saying is, is that women are going to be murdered. Women are going to be harmed as a result of this. And and on your podcast, you mentioned how. The, this was a radical overturning of a radical um, decision policy, right? Um, so, like, could, could you talk more about that? And, and like, as far as the ramifications of Roe versus Wade? Yeah, Ro, well, Roe has sort of single-handedly redefined in the American mind the role of the court. Um, they have they, in creating a brand new white from whole cloth for um for abortion i mean it's just it doesn't appear here i mean there are some there are some rights given in the constitution right very clear freedom of speech freedom of religion freedom of press and assembly the right to keep and bear arms the right against unreasonable search and seizure um and then the very last that the 10th amendment on the bill of rights says the powers not delegated to the united states by the constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. Mm. Um, Roe sort of reversed that. And in the American mm. mind, we have been taught from school children on up that our rights come from the government. No, our rights have never come from the government. They don't come from people. Our rights come from, okay, if you're a theist, our rights come from God. But if you're not a theist, then where do they come from? Do they just come from other people? Or is there something about human beings 
that is intrinsic to who they are, what they are as rational beings, as Immanuel Kant would say? Is there something special about them that gives them an inherent right, an inherent dignity? If that's the case, then um, we, have to, we have to follow the structures that have been put in place in, in tradition and in history. And Roe turned its back utterly on tradition and history, actually flew in the face of tradition and history, and established a new right, and it taught the people of the United States that, hey, we can look to the government to redress all our problems. But mm. we can't, the government can't redress our problems, especially not at the federal level. We live in too diverse a community of people that we can have a one-size-fits-all answer. We have to be individuals and, okay, I, I may be wandering far afield here, but I do think we need to be considerate of the fact that something that they've held on to all of their lives, um, you're not as old as I am, so I was actually around for, what was it, nine years before Roe was overturned. I mean, before Roe, before Roe came into place. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, so, but most people alive today who are younger than me have no idea of a world in which Roe wasn't in place. And so to them, they have come to rely. And this is one of the things I think the majority opinion gets wrong. They talk about reliance interests. People have come to rely on abortion as a, a, a way of dealing with irresponsible sex, right? I got mm. pregnant the other night. I was out drinking a little bit and I, suddenly I find out I'm pregnant. Well, no problem. Get it aborted. And that has become something they've come to rely on. And because they've come to rely on it, sex has no consequences. And if sex has no consequences, suddenly we start engaging in things that are bad for us without recognizing it. And we start desacralizing something that is so sacred that the Bible tells us very clearly is, is central to who we are as human beings. And we do deep, deep damage to ourselves. And one of the things it does is it turns off our, it turns down, starting, our, our sensitivity to, um, uh, of the needs of others, our, our ability to mm -hmm. pity. Um, if we can kill what's in us, um, and there has to be at some level a blinder put on, if you can kill a baby that's, that's growing within you, and it's gotten worse and worse. And this, in this last episode, we talked about an article that we read the day that we did the discussion in which a leftist who teaches at, do you remember what college it was? Okay. She teaches at some college and, and she teaches leftist dogma, but she's essentially making the case uh, of that we made years ago um, that, I shouldn't say we made it years ago. She's making the case that okay, what we should do right now is just acknowledge abortion is killing a baby. And that's okay. It's okay to kill wow. a baby. And it's what I said about the water being slightly warm and then warming up year after year after year. Well, we've changed as a country. We are not the same country. And we're beginning to reap the consequences. We've sown the wind and we're reaping the whirlwind right now. And Roe was one of the central things that set us on this path. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. 
I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.